0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Last week's power because last week, Tuesday night was Shavuos, just a week ago. I hope all of you are still on that level. Okay. Um, Okay, in the Chumash game, uh, most of you guys, it's like an Ashkenazi game when you're a kid. So I don't know, a lot of you guys may not know the Chumash game. When we were little kids, you took a Chumash and you opened it up. And... You got points for, you know, there are pays and samachs between pashios. So you'd open up, and then you're allowed to go five pages this way, five pages that way. And if you ended up on three pays, you got 50 points. And if you ended up on three samachs, you got 100 points. But if you opened up to the upside-down nuns, you got a 1,000 points. And so therefore, every kid that played this game knows that in pashio baha'aloscha, there are two upside-down nuns. If you look in your chumash, or if you look in your Torah, something to see, there are two upside-down letter nuns. In this parsha, and between these two nuns are two psukim which we say every Monday and Thursday and Shabbos. By even say Aron, by Yom HaMashir, Kumo Hashem, by Yiftzi of Yaakov, by Yisum V'Sanachu Hashem, Ruvas Alpha Yisrael. Now the question is: Right before that, um it's talking about that they by Yisum Ehar Hashem, Derech Shloishes they traveled away from Har Sinai. They got to Torah. They traveled from Hi've seen I have a three-day trip. It only took them one day. Rashi says Hashem wanted them to get into the into Eretz Yisrael as soon as possible. So they were really moseying. They were really moving. They had a good tailwind. They were really moving. And then, we have all of a sudden, we drop it. We even say, all right. And then, the next Pasha talks about the misogynism where Kali Yisrael complained. So Rashi says, why do we have these two upside down? No, this Pasha dropped it in the middle. So Rashi says like this, the glamid, hey, We even say, all right. So Rashi ex- actually explains the upside down nuns. Also like Simanos, Melufan of Umole Achrab. The Torah puts some Simanim signs before and after. Why? To tell us that when heben does not belong here. So Lomah Nichtav Kand. And why is it said here? Kedey LaHapsik Ben Perunis and Perunis to separate from tragedy to tragedy. Kedeyos Abchol Kesvei Kodesh. That's what's written everywhere. So what is this tragedy? What's the tragedy? So I know the tragedy afterwards, which we're going to talk about, where the Jews complain they want to go back to Mitzrayim. That's a tragedy. They want watermelon. We'll look at it soon. They want, they want pickles. They don't want the mon. It doesn't have that meat, that steak taste between your teeth, even though it tastes like anything you wanted. But it wasn't, as we say in Yiddish, some zakh. It, it wasn't a steak. It, it, it tastes like a steak, but it wasn't a steak. So they complained a lot, which we'll talk about. Which we're, really, which we're going to talk about a lot tonight, which is not having a curse atop and what that leads to. But what happened before, it's a very innocent posse. They traveled three, or traveling that three days and only lasted one day. So Rashi said there was two, there were two things They're very bad, and the nuns are in between, but we don't see two things. We see one thing where they complain. Says the Sifsech HaChamim. What was the Puranias? So he says like this. Perani's Rishayna, it says, "V'nasim u'Harashem." They travel from Harashem. V'darshu v'Gemara, Ketina k'Aboreach from the Beis Nets, from Yeshiva. Perani is So he says over here, what happened? We went, we had Shruis last week, right? And the minute Shruis was over, you couldn't wait to do Avdala to go to the movies, to get out of school, to get out. So the interesting, the sister Chachamim which was written a long time ago, it's, it's, it's explaining Rashi. The way it explains it, it's like a, a young child running away from school. You know when the bell rings, you're out of your seat already, you're gone, right? So you when, you, when you, we got the Torah, which was Hashem's greatest present, right? We should have hung out under the mountain. So what do you think of this thing? What do you think of that mitzvah? What do you think of Shabbos? What do you think of Kivit of the Eim? Let's talk about this, let's talk about that. We just got the Torah. Let's hang out and... And chill with the Torah, you know. Let's talk. Let's talk, man. Let's, you know. Let's. What did you see? What did you hear? Not every Jew heard. Every, you know, some people saw the lightning and the thunder. Some people saw the show, and some people saw what was going on on the inside. And instead of that, the minute the Torah was given, and 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 the mountain like cooled off and the Ununmoved, they were off to the races. Let's go. We're out of here. And that was extremely, extremely lack of Hakaras Torah to Hashem. He just gave you his biggest present, and you're running for the hills. So that was a very big perunius. Not having appreciation that Akroysh Baku gave us his his big present, which was the Torah, which the Malachim fought in Shemayim that we shouldn't get it. And instead of hanging around and learning and asking questions and showing interest, we ran. We took off. Okay, everyone knows it's like Matzah Shabbos. You know, Matzah Shabbos. They're gone, the cologne's on, they're shaving with one hand, they're putting on their you know, their, their, their nice shoes and everything, they're smelling good, you're halfway in the shower, you know. As they're saying, Barry you know, H you're already halfway in the shower. You know, it's it's an interesting thing. like, like after shops, everyone's on the run. We're on the run, and they're like five minutes after shops going to Avenue J, everyone's online for pizza. Like, <laughs> right, hello, you have three kadachim, right? Three engagements or three whatever kadaceum. You stuffed yourself. With all this stuff, right? You, you had Cholashu this a few minutes ago, and because because Halavayit with Malka, because it's Chol. It's like you're out of your, you're into what we call you know jivies. You're, you're into your 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 jeans and your sneakers and whatever you're wearing. You're out of that. You got to get out of that Shabbos suit. You just got to get out of that Shabbos suit. You got you got to get rid of that feeling, and that's 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 why there's a thing called Tzeit. Shav- there's a thing at the end of Shabbos that the Chassidim they make Rebbeinu Tam. It's seventy-two minutes. Went not? In a rush, and, and there used to be a Rav, uh, who I was very close to, Rav me Spinka, I was able to in my Rav, Rabbeinu Tom, 72 minutes, take a shower, get dressed, go to his shul in Williamsburg, and he was still in Shalashunas. Serious. <laughs> and a lot of the Ravs are like that. He was still in Shalashunas, I was already, ate Malava Malka, took a shower, Waited the seventy-two minutes, went there, and he was still in the middle of Shabbos because because if it's a present, we running. So by by running out of Shabbos, by flying out of Shabbos, you're showing, ugh, you know, I can't wait to get out of this. I can't wait to get out of Shabbos. Papa Malcolm, the mice, is a piece that is, you know, supposed to keep you connected, whatever it is. But they're already, you know, online in the movie theater, in Sheep's Head Bay, you know, it's already like six minutes after Shabbos. i got to make the 9 o'clock, the 9.10, the 9.12. So the whole mincha, you're figuring out, where can I find a minion that dominates only 40 minutes after? Because i got to be in Sheep's Head Bay, because otherwise I'm going to miss the movie. And So what are you telling Hashem? You're telling Hashem that, that your Shabbos, barayach, like what they did, and that, and that, according to the title, according to Rashi, he's calling it Peranias. He's calling that boy it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy after what Hashem gave us, this beautiful religion that we have and this beautiful Kedush that we have. It's tragedy to run out of Shabbos. It's also tragedy to run out of Shul in the morning. I see people that, you know, Landau's is great. Why is Landau's great? Guy comes in, right? He dives in Shemot in one minion. He, he hears laning when he comes in. He, does, he hears laning first. So he goes downstairs and he hears laning first. So now we heard laning, right? Now, all he needs to do is to make it to Shemona Esrei because after Shemona Esrei, you're he ready to hear Lenny, so he can get out. So pretty much, if you split between two minyan, you can do the whole thing in about 17 minutes. <laughs> so, see, so yeah, because you're going to each minyan for what you need. Bachu in this minyan, Kriyashma in, in that minyan, Shemona in this minyan, and Lenny in that minyan. So you just pop into each one at its point, and they're running half an hour diagonally against each other. It's unbelievable. We're Chaydish, like in 19 and a half minutes. It's a science, absolutely. It's an absolute science. So you, you, you were Yaitse, so you, got, you got it done. But, what are you telling Hashem? Ugh, I hate, I hate this stuff. I hate, to, I hate Judaism. You know, I hate it. I, ha- I hate to say this, but, you know, I teach in yeshiva of kids that are not religious. And you can tell right away who you got, who, 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 who's, and, and, and they all don't wear yarmulkes at home. They don't come from such homes. But there are kids that before they're out the front door, the yarmulke is in the pocket. There are kids that by the bus, the yarmulke is in the pocket. And there are kids that don't take the yarmulke, that don't put it in the pocket. So you can see the kid that's already at the door. His out in his pocket. He, we're not going anywhere with this guy, because because he's not. He just can't wait to get out of yeshiva. Can't wait to get out of here. So uh, someone in davening in the morning, if you if you if you're filling her off, you know, by after shemone esrei and you're gone. So you say, Rebbe, I have a job. So get up earlier. Get up a half an hour earlier. It's it's not are a botland if you take long, especially. I mean, you guys don't wear rebbeino whatever it is, but. Take on your tefillin, wind up your tefillin slowly. I've seen guys get their yad, their rosh, and their talus in their bag, like in six seconds. It's like amazing. It's amazing. It's like <coughs> 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 full talis, <towel. coughs> by you know, not, not even by. They run out the door like, hello. You know, they wear sneakers so they can get out five seconds earlier. <laughs> so, so this is what they did here, the Jews. The daven slowly. Say the animamins. Where are you running? We running The time that you're saving By running out of davening actually, What do you think Playing games with God You're going to get a ticket You're going to get a flat You're going to be in traffic Instead of making a right You're going to make a left At the end of the day You're not going to have saved Any time whatsoever Maybe you have saved your life Maybe you have saved your life By davening a little bit longer You can't rush davening Davening in the morning If you start from the beginning of davening Till the end of davening Should be 50 minutes not a minute, less than 50 minutes. I don't think there's anyone in this room that could daven word for word with 3% kavana, with korbanos, with everything, with the animam, the sheikh, the zikharadnus. You don't have to say, don't say us, because that's for you. Right? You don't have to say that. Let's see, I'd like, you to, I'd like to see someone finish that in less than 45 minutes with saying all the words. There are many them that daven the whole davening in 27 minutes. Why are you going to that minion? If you have to. There are times you have to catch an airplane and it's the earliest minion and early minions fly. That's a different situation. But on the norm, it should take a person fifteen minutes, then sit there and say a little bit to Hillam. And show Hashem, I appreciate that I'm a Jew, I'm healthy, I, I have eyes, I could read, I could think, and I could dive into you, I can be connected to you. So what what Rashi is telling us here is that a person who runs, like a child when the bell rings, runs it 's called the pirani ice it 's called a tragedy, and such a tragedy that clientechild did this that Kamirko had to put two upside down nuns to split up these two tragedies because if they were together i don 't know if we 'd st- we'd be here today, so he had to split it up in the torah, had to split up. What was the second tragedy. The second tragedy was like this. But I want to say when I share tonight is I want to say that it all started with this: all the tragedies in ba- in midbar started with this, because you will see that from from running away from Harsinai, will come the complaining about the Mon, will come right after that, this week's parasha, which was the Meraglim, where we lost 40 years, we ended up in the Midbar. We, we couldn't go into Israel, which ended up with Korach. So, Bahaloschah, and Shlach, and Korach, and Chukas, a little bit, we're talking about the Paraduma, sort of to be, to, to forgive on the Egel, and then comes Balak, where he tries to curse us, but it all began. It all began with this part of lack of appreciation to Hashem for what you have the Jew, that they were able to sit by Hasina and these guys ran. And therefore, I think again, I have to be very careful how I say this because there'll be guys who are going to say, "Okay, so if I have to daven fifty minutes, I don't have fifty minutes. I'm not going to daven." That's not what I'm saying. Twenty minutes is better than no minutes, but fifty minutes is the right way to do things. And therefore. A person has to understand that if you start your day, if you start your day running out of shul, then chas v'shalom, it can end up, the next part of your day, you're going to be a complainer, which we're going to see right now, which is so hard to understand. Because, you know, what this nation went through, when Hashem just gave them the Torah, they went through and they got the Ten Makas, they split, the, the opposite was split, all these unbelievable things happened. The Mishkan is built, Right? So they're like really flying over here. Now look what happens. And the nation was complaining in the ears of God. And Hashem heard them complaining. They were walking around. They were complaining, right? Hashem became angry. Whatever that means exactly. And there was a fire going around the Machina. They began to scream. They screamed to Moshe. Like always, he davened. He's not at this point, he's with them. Hidavin Alashama <laughs> it's the fire went out. Okay, and they called it Taveira. Now they went they went further. They returned, Who? That's cool. Um, who is going to give us meat? So they had this heavenly food, which was called mun. They didn't have to go to the bathroom. Very interesting Zaya I saw. Um, I I think I I spoke to you once about this a long time ago. I'm not going to go deep into it, but it's just very interesting. He says that why do human beings have waste? In other words, why doesn't Hashem give us something to eat? Why do you have to go your whole digestive system? It takes in the apple, it takes in the banana, whatever you're eating, right? It takes it, and then it Separates it, goes through the large intestine and the small intestine and through the stomach and all the digestive juices and got some mices, right? And then it, it takes into your bloodstream what you need and what you don't need, you go to the bathroom, right? And so they say, Asakashi he says, why not Shem just give us stuff to nourish our bodies and we shouldn't have any waste? Why do you need waste? Why do you create us that way? So he says that the mon had no waste. So they didn't go to the bathroom for forty years. No, don't. You guys are like, oh wow, that's pretty sick. No, <laughs> they 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 didn't have to go to the bathroom. Not that they had they, they they were cramped up for forty years. That's not what happened. They 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 didn't have to go because in the man there was no bad. There was no there was no stuff that had to be separated. So it was all spiritual. So they didn't have to go to the bathroom. It was just totally totally nourishing them. Zayar says that from when Chava ate from the tree, right? So, what was it? When she ate from the tree, it became being Before that, everything was to everything was good. By eating from the etz hadats, they brought ra into the world. So that means that in every physical thing, there's ra. There's, there's no, there's, there's good and there's no good. So every fruit and every vegetable and every single plant in the world now had tov l'ra. The human being machine that Hashem created has the ability not to let the Ra kill you, but to separate the good and the bad, use the good to nourish your body, and the bad gets thrown out. But the Satan and the Eight who got it to eat from the das, he gets the bad. And therefore, when a person goes to the bathroom, he has to wash his hands because there's a ruach tumma, which is the other side, that, that lives in the bathroom. The Gemara talks about it a lot, and they, they used to not go to the bathroom alone. Somebody would go and stand outside because it was a ruach tumah; it was a danger. Today, our bathrooms are not exactly like that, but but there was a ruach tumah wherever this zevah, whatever the stuff that came out of the human bodies rested. There's a ruach tumah because it belongs to them, because that's the ra that the sotah brought into the world, and therefore that's why we have to always wash our hands. So, so I went to the bathroom. We have to wash our hands because there's a tumah from the other side. So the human being was given the ability. To separate the, te- the, 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 the garbage from the good. And the garbage walks the other side. That's why you can't learn by it, and that's why you can't be in a room, and that's why you have to wash your hands. And, and these Jews in the Midbar, they didn't have that problem. They only had tithes. So now let's listen for a second. I'm trying to explain you the depth of their complaints, and then I'll try to show you how it, how it has to do with all lives. So you had something that was so good, that it only nourished your body and your soul, what are you complaining about? Why would anybody complain? So look at their complaint. Their complaint was, we want steak, side of steak, lamb chops, ribs, pastrami. So you had that. You had that. You ate the mun and you said pastrami, it was pastrami. You said side of steak, it was side of steak. And they wanted the feel of it. They wanted to feel the meat in between their teeth. So then they said, We remember the dogar that we used to eat in Mitzrayim. And then they said, they, they, There was Bechinam. Chinam, the fish they used to give to in Mitzrayim, I guess from the Nile, right? Was for free. What are you talking about? What free? You were slaves. Who gave you anything for free? What are you talking about over here? Then they say, We remember the pickles. We remember avatichim. We remember the watermelon, achatzah, btsalam, hashumen. We remember the 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 onions, and the garlic. And now our souls are dry. All we got is the man Hashem, it's all you gave us. So there was a huge move here to what we call kufreit tov, not appreciating what they had. And of course, they were very much, very, very, very punished. Now listen to. The only time you'll hear Moshe talk like this. Listen to this. And he heard them crying. And he heard them crying. Each person was standing at, the, at, his, at his tent. And they were crying. Now you see, normally in the Torah, you see Hashem get angry, Moshe not angry. Moshe angry, Hashem not angry. Over here it says, Hashem became very angry. And it was very bad in, Moshe, in Moshe's eyes also. What What made him... What made him so angry? Now Moshe Rabbeinu, who went through the ego, went through everything. He turns to Hashem and he asks a question which is, which is so hard to understand. Why, O lama Why did you do this to me? Why don't you like me? Why did you put these people on, on this load on my back? Did, did I give birth to them? That's how Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to Hashem. What did you give me these people for? Why do I have to leave these people? Are they my children? They're my children that you tell me I have to carry them? What, what? Where am I supposed to give them all this meat? And then he says unbelievable words. I can't carry them anymore. They are, they are, they are too heavy. Moshe Rabbeinu, the protector of the Jewish nation no matter what we did wrong, who always went to Hashem to fight for us, all of a sudden he's saying to God, what are they, my children? You don't like me anymore? Would you give me these, these, these people to, I should carry them? And then he, he quits. Moshe Rabbeinu never quits in the Torah. He quits. He says, ato This is what you did to me? Hagenina, Kill me. me Do me a favor, God. This is where the saying came. Kill me and put me out of my misery. That's what he said. That's, what, that's the translation of the apostle. Kill me and put me out of my misery. Why is this different than anywhere else in the Torah? Anywhere else in the Torah, he fights for us. He, he davens for us. He, he says, Take me out of your sefer. Over here he says, God, why you do this to me, I'd rather be dead. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, and I think this is the essence of a Jew, the essence of a marriage the essence of children and parents, the essence of a job, is a karsatov, is appreciation. And what Shabbinu said here Tashem, a nation that doesn't appreciate, where you're giving them money, and they're saying they want, to, they want meat, this is a nation, I cannot do anything with them. Because a person who doesn't appreciate, a person who doesn't have a karsatov, is to the core, to the core, you cannot do it. You can't fix them. You can't fix a person who doesn't have Akaros Hatov. So Moshe Rabbeinu said here, this is it. They want to go back to the Mitzrayim who beat them, who killed them, who killed the babies and and and, and Paro took a bath in their blood, who threw their children into the Nile River. I want to go back. Why? Because of pickles? Because of Avatiah? You're taking them to the promised land? You're taking them to Eretz Yisrael, you're giving them mon. you have the Anane HaKabbat, you have the Be'er Miriam, and they want to go back for a couple of pickles? That's it, said Moshe Ben. I can't fix them. A person who doesn't have a Karas HaTov, you can't fix them in a marriage. You know, I do a lot of Shalom Ba'is, and if there's no Akaras HaTov in a marriage, if there's no appreciation, you, you can't fix the marriage. If one doesn't appreciate the other, what are you going to do? How are you going to do? How are you going to work it? So, so what's going to happen? One of them is going to. Uh, Tell you something happened today. I'll tell you what happened today. I'm talking to a girl today, and I said, relationship. She hasn't had a, a good relationship her whole life. And I, and I was giving her my whole schmooze that your relationships that you have in life is what you give to Hashem. So if you don't have a healthy relationship, if your relationships in life are unhealthy, then you're going to give God a very un- unhealthy. You know, people ask me all the time, you know, you're very close to Hashem. I don't know how close I am to Hashem, but I definitely project that I'm close to Hashem, but I'm trying to get close to Hashem. And they want to know why, how do you get close to Hashem? So it's very simple. I'm uh, very, very simple. I'm very close to my parents. Me and my father were inseparable. So, so all I need to do is, uh, okay, Hashem, you're my father. If you're my father, we're inseparable. So I had that relationship, so it's very easy for me. If a person doesn't have any good relationships in his life, how can he have a relationship with Hashem? You can't. It's impossible. You can't. If you don't have a good relationship with your parents, you don't have a relationship with your friends. So. So what's your what's your relationship with Hashem? So if you're going to tell me, relationship with God, uh, he's like my father. Uh oh, you you have a very bad relationship with your father. That's not good. Uh, he's like my friends. Uh, you don't have friends, right? So he's like my wife. You 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 know you're screaming at her all the time. So so what relationship are you giving to Hashem? So 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 a person's relationships. That he has in this world are his relationships to give to HaKadosh Baruch And that's why I scream at parents all the time, you have to have a good relationship with your kids. Because you're telling your kid, daven, 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 get close to Hashem. But I'm not close to my parents. How am I going to get close to Hashem? My parents, I see every day. Once in a while, they can buy me a candy or something like that. And I, and I have no relationship with them. How am I have a relationship with Hashem? I don't see Him. So, so, so I asked this girl today. I said, um, what's, your, what's your picture on marriage? Tell me, what's the relationship between husband and wife? She's a 16-year-old girl. She goes, it's simple. The husband uses the wife, and the wife uses the husband. (laughs) What did she tell me? I said, excuse me? Yeah, he uses her, she uses him. I said, that's your picture of relationship? She goes, yeah. So I said, I'll tell you, your relationship with Hashem. Your relationship with Hashem is when I need you, Hashem, I daven to you. And Hashem, you need me to daven to you. That's what you think because that's, that's what it looks like in a marriage she goes that's right I'm like no doesn't. first of all Hashem doesn't need you at all and, and second of all your relationship with Hashem shouldn't only be when you need things so whatever relationship you have in your life the more unhealthy it is the less of a chance that you're going to have a good relationship with girl this girl's picture of marriage because that's the marriage of her parents is that a man uses his wife and a wife uses, uses the man. And that's her picture of marriage. So where's that going to go? Totally dysfunctional picture of a relationship. So I was trying to explain to her that that's not what marriage is supposed to be. So, so uh, a parent has a responsibility to have a good relationship with his, with his spouse, husband and wife, because if the children have the wrong picture of what love and what a relationship, is, oh, it means he uses me, I use him, and that's the way it works, then the relationship with the is not going to work, and the relationship with their with their husbands and wives is not going to work. So it's it's a responsibility on parents when mission when you become parents, not only for your marriage, but your kids are watching you all the time. If they see you screaming at each other, then they think the relationship of a husband and wife is screaming at each other. And when they get married, and she comes to me for Shalom is and she says my husband is always screaming at me, and he goes, well that's what my father always did, and it's very innocent because the only the only one who teaches us marriage is our parents. In school, they don't teach marriage. So, so your picture of marriage, what well, you see at home growing up. So then we got to detox you and tell you that in a, in, a, in a non-functional home, that's not the picture of marriage. Well, you try to detox a, uh, a young kid that's watching his parents screaming all the time and yelling at each other. So, so it's very important for guys who come from dysfunctional families to stop it. Because if you're going to act the same way, then your kids are going to act the same way and their kids are going to act the same way. And that's the most terrible, most terrifying thing for a child. I cannot tell you, I don't have to tell you because some of you know what I'm talking about. When a child goes to school after watching their parents fight in the morning, there's no way that he can learn. Because the child is very scared that uh, when his father said, I don't want to ever see you, to his mother again, I don't want to see you again, that he thinks he takes it literally. That his mother and father are never going to be together again. So it's very important that the relationship between a husband and wife for your children not only for yourself. So what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying here, this is a dysfunctional relationship. This is crazy. Man comes home, gives you the mun, gives you everything, takes you out of slavery, and because the meat is not between your teeth and you don't got to pick it out with a toothpick, you throw it all back. I don't want your, your, your mun, and I want my pickles. Moshe Rabbeinu said, that's not a relationship that we can have. And therefore, Hashem said, that's not a relationship we can have. A kafli toy is not a relationship we can have. The hardest thing for a Rebbe, teaching a class, is the lack of appreciation. The lack of appreciation. Getting spit in the face by the same kids that you help. No matter how good a Rebbe you are, no matter how much you work your midos out, it's very hard to teach children or, or have a relationship with people who continuously are not appreciative. We all need that. We all... That's our told. That's the... Where did that start? It didn't start by pickles, guys. It didn't start by watermelon. It didn't start by mon. It started by the Torah. It started by running out of davening. It started running out of Shabbos. It started running out of yontif. Because that's exactly the same thing. Hashem gave you Shabbos that was hidden, that was His best present, and you're running out of it. You're throwing it in someone's face. I heard there was a big, big thing. Oh, this week... Guys are talking on, uh, what is that, that, uh, that, that Jewish news on, on the internet? What is it called? Yeshiva world. Yeshiva world. Yeshiva world came out of big chiddush. Something big, fan, big new. Everyone's shaking in their pants. Oh, something terrible. This week came on Yeshiva news. Guess what? Some guy wrote that he was in Flatbush, and he went to a, uh, an off-roof, with, and he couldn't believe it. The guys were all drinking. Something brand new. I don't know. I've been talking about this for like seven years. But it was on Yeshiva World today. The guys were drinking, and they were blitzed, and they were walking in the streets in Flatbush, and it was uh, an embarrassment. There were kids there, they were watching it, and this is a terrible thing. And they were holding a whole other big thing on it. So I want to tell you my feelings. I've said it once before. I guess I'm, I'm, I didn't even get to my share yet, but this is very important. Shabbos, the. Uh, the promised land, what is it called? here? Anyone here know? Eretz, no. Zavas, Cholov, Udvash. The promised land. You take the last letter, right? Zavas is what? A tough. Cholov is a base. Dvash is a shin. Shabbos. Cholov, Eretz, Cholov, Udvash, right? Zavas, Cholov, Udvash, spell Shabbos. Shabbos is Zavas. Poors the Vendavash. What comes onto this world, boys, on Shabbos, and I I hope to give a share on Shabbos, is so not normal. It's so unbelievable. You get another Neshama, a Neshama Yisaira. It is so amazing that it is Hashem's biggest present. It says he went into his treasury, took out his biggest present, and he gave her Shabbos. Now, Shabbos right now is under total attack. Total attack. There are kids that are being Machal Shabbos in the open... Smoking on corners in Flatbush, smoking on Ocean Parkway, and it's, and it's, it's not a taiva. It's not a taiva. I was just talking to somebody about this this week. It's not a taiva. It's, a, you know, lahabdallah, I'm not giving you any rishus or anything, but getting high is getting high. It's a taiva to get high. A girl is a taiva. Drinking is a taiva. It's a lust. Taking a light on Shabbos and just flicking it up and down so your parents should see that you're Mechal Shabbos. Ha, ha, look, God didn't strike me down. You didn't get anything out of that. That's not a taiva. Taking a cigarette, right, on Shabbos is not a taiva. Because even cigarette smokers will tell you that on Shabbos they don't have a taiva to smoke. In other words, the whole Shabbos, they don't they don't need it. They really don't. I have friends that are chain smokers. They don't need it. Oh, baby, but the minute Shabbos is over, that cigarette's in the drawer, right? And you know what I mean? The minute they don't, after they, the cigarette's in the mouth. For some reason, the minute Shabbos is over, it's, it's like a crazy time, and the first cigarette makes me nauseous, but the second cigarette, right? whatever, got my, I don't know, I'm not a smoker, I don't understand the first The first cigarette makes you nauseous, so that's great, so that should stop you from smoking. No, no. But you have to get to the second cigarette, you have to get through the first cigarette. Just skip the first cigarette, then you'll be fine. Smoke the second cigarette first. Okay. For those that didn't get it, and that, you know, wake up. Hello? Okay. You can't smoke the second cigarette first. Uh, hello? Shalom Aleichem. All right, it's very late. I'm sorry. Sorry to wake you up, I didn't mean to disturb anybody. Okay. Bok Hashem, we're like, uh, what's it called? Jet Blue. My wife asked on Jet Blue, just on Jet Blue. She said, can I get a pillow and blankets? you we don't give those anymore. Bok Hashem, we're like Jet Blue. You can sleep, but I'm not giving you a pillow blanket. You know what I mean? You don't want to sleep, until so fine. No problem. I'm not going to get insulted. Anyway, so we're, we're Shabbos. So, so I tell this story and I, I'm going to say it again because really my point today is, is I cross the top to Hashem. Not to run out of davening, and not to run out of Shabbos. So, it's a big thing today to get blitzed on Shabbos. Everybody drinks on Shabbos. Right? Look, Chavez Kaidash. One. Look, cover Chavez Kaidash. Two. Three. You know? I never saw a guy sitting and sitting down and uh, with his chumash and like, okay, let me learn one Rashi. Look, cover Chavez Kaidash. Another Rashi. Look, cover Chavez Kaidash. A third Rashi. But drinking? Look, Chavez Kaidash. Cover And only blue. Look, Chavez. Has to be Johnny Walker Blue because that, otherwise it's not look Chavez Kaidash, right? Okay. So. So I asked somebody. I, said, I, I, I I have guys that I know very well that you know every Shabbos they're drunk. Every Shabbos, is drunk. But they talk it into themselves. That means I'm not an alcoholic. Because if I only drink on Shabbos, and I don't need to drink during the week, so I'm a Shabbos drinker. And AAA doesn't have a place for Shabbos drinkers. They have alcoholics. But we'll call it SDA. Shabbos Drinkers Anonymous. Okay, we'll open up a new thing. But anyway, there's no such thing as Shabbos drinkers anonymous. So so what is a person telling Hashem when he drinks on Shabbos? So one drink... No problem. If you're underage, that's your problem. I'm not going to get into it. But one drink, I understand. But getting drunk, what are you telling Hashem? I'll tell you what you're telling Hashem. And I've told, I told this story, but I think it's very important because I think in this Chabur, the boys in this Chabur, you're, you're reaching, you're moving, and you have, to you have to understand what, what hurts God, whatever that means. What is, it, what is Kafwe Tov? What is a guy who says, give me pickles? and give me watermelon, you understand, and let me, I'm running out of school, and one of the guys who appreciates what Hashem gives you, because if you appreciate what I give you, I give you more. You throw it in my face, I don't give you no more. So, Shabbos, works like this. I look at it this way. Guy, his father's friend calls him, and says, I want you to, I want your son to go out with my daughter. Father comes to you, and he says, Chaim, I want you to go out with my friend's daughter. Cool, No problem. Goes up, gets the shaves, takes a, puts on his nice brute, brute cologne, you know, puts on his spiffy shoes and his Brioni tie, because this is his father's best friend's daughter. He's going on a date, you know, he's got to be dressed up, and he's all dressed, knocks on the door, door opens, and this girl opens the door, and he says, is your sister home? <laughs> and, and the reason that he's saying the reason that he's saying is your sister home because he's hoping that this ain't the girl you understand? now I'm not going to describe her in any which way but she wasn't beautiful she wasn't average, she wasn't even below average she was impossible okay, she was impossible so here he is, all dressed up right, with his best stuff on and this is every guy's nightmare what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? So one guy has a famous story where he says to her, I'm just here to tell you that my brother is sick and he won't make it tonight, you know? Okay. Okay. Please do not use that because I'll get in trouble. Okay. Anyway, all of our Shem's daughters are beautiful. But anyway, so, so he's like, well, I, 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 I can't do this. But my father, I, I, what am I going to do? So he's a fast thinker. He's a smart guy. He says, I can't look at this girl. I can't, I can't I definitely can't go look at her for four hours. So I'm gonna go to a bar, I'm gonna take her to a bar. I'm gonna get so plastered that by the like six, by the eighth drink, she's gonna look beautiful. Right? Great, great idea. Great, I'll be able to handle the next four hours and I'll take her home. Fine. Goes to the bar, starts knocking them back, and he's getting all giddy and he's laughing with her and he's telling her jokes. She's having the best date you in her life. Fine. He goes home. She already looks like, you know, Cinderella to him. He's like so gone. Like, this is Cinderella. Takes her home. Drops her off. Goes home. And the girl comes home. She tells her father, I never had such an amazing date. He's funny. He looked at me a whole night. He talked to me. It was great. Father's all excited. Calls up the guy's father. And says, you know, my daughter really likes your son. He goes, okay, I'll go ask my son if he wants to go out again. So he goes and knocks on his son's door. he says, no, How'd it go? He says, Dad, are you kidding me? I did it for you. Oh my gosh, yeah, I don't even want to say anything. I don't want to say Lush and Har. Ah! He goes, well, she had a very good time. You're gonna have to go out again. He's like. <laughs> Not unless I get blitzed before I go to the That's what we do on Shabbos. Boys, that's what we do on Shabbos. Khosh gave us his most beautiful daughter in the world. He gave us Shabbos. It's a time that you have time. You're not working. Your cell phone should be off. Your computer should be off. You're home. You can sit and learn. You can sit and read Jewish books. You can sit in Davin, you can sit in Tehillim. but instead, either we're drinking. So, what we're telling Hashem is listen, I can't go out with your daughter. I can't go out with your daughter, Shabbos Hamalka. She is downright ugly. She stinks, she's ugly, and I don't want to have anything to do with her. But, but, if I can get a hold of a bottle and I can get myself blitzed, I'll spend 25 hours with her. But without the bottle, it's boring. I hate it, it's disgusting, I don't want it. That's what you're telling Hashem. Your daughter is downright ugly. Now some guys are telling me, oh, Rabbi, I don't get blitzed, so what do you do? You read the New York Post, and then you read the New York Times, and then you read Newsweek, and then you read Time, and then you go and you buy a special book that you're going to read on Shabbos. A special good book that you're going to read on Shabbos. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You're telling Hashem, I cannot spend 25 hours with your daughter with your present that you gave me, I want pickles. And I want watermelon. I want cholent and kishka and herring and something good to drink. And that is kafui toiv. And when you spend the Shabbos just drinking and hululus and going to your friend's house and kidding around and reading and doing your, your studying for your test, what you're telling Hashem is that I cannot spend 25 hours with your daughter. I don't like her. She is ugly. She is boring. And I don't want anything to do with her. And running out of Shabbos is telling your Hakash Barakul that I want to get away from your daughter as fast as humanly possible. I want that pizza. I want to be at the movies. I want to go out. I don't care. I want to turn on my radio. I want to turn on my iPod. Spend an extra 10 minutes and say, Thank you for letting me be with the princess. And you gave me 25 hours. I want 25 hours and 10 minutes. And you will see that your Shabbosim will change. On top of that, it says in Kabbalah that the longer you sha- that, 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 when you the 11 months that we all have to go to Gehenim, right? Unless you're a perfect Tzaddik. No one's a perfect Tzaddik. So those 11 months, Shabbos, the fire is off. So the longer you keep Shabbos, the longer the fire is off for you. So a person who keeps 72 minutes, the fire is over 72 minutes. And guess what? They have minion in Gehenna. Well, it's actually outside Gehenna. And people are taken out of Gehenna to daven. If you daven with the minion three times a day, they take you out of Gehenna. You hear what I'm telling you? They're you out of Gehenna, and as much time as you spend davening, that's as much time you're out of Gehenna. Can you imagine that? Now, no one in this room, and maybe one day I'll scare you, maybe in the summer, out of your brains, and I'll bring Mesechtes Gehenna here, and we'll learn Mesechtes Gehenna. There's something called Mesechtes Gehenna from the Rishis Chakmah. and you'll see. What one second in Gehenim is, and let me tell you, you'll be davening all day. <laughs> <laughs> your shachras will go right to your mincha, and your mincha will go through to your myriv, and you'll be saying them all night. But that's what it says. But a guy who doesn't go to Minyan, you're going to say, you didn't go to Minyan in this world. So, so standing where you are, you are in Gehenna and daven there. Daven in this place where you where you, st- where you, where you, where you, where So a person who goes to Minyan gets pulled out three times a day. Isn't that amazing? And if he spends an hour in the morning, do you know what an hour of Gehenim is? you know what a second of Gehenim is? You don't even understand what an hour of Gehenim is. It's not something that a human being can even understand. But we'll learn the second a little bit. Maybe we're not going to put it on... on, on we'll see. But it's 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 written by the Reish clock, It's not a joke. So, on top of it, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to show Hashem that I love what I'm doing. I love being a Jew. And I'm proud of what I'm doing. And that's keeping a little extra Shabbos and a little extra Davening. And any mitzvah that you do, keep your tulin on for an extra second. Some guys, they don't want to have marks on their hands. I don't know why. It's like they put it on really soft, you know? They shouldn't leave. If someone saw their arm, they wouldn't say, Tzulin, Tzulin alert, you know? Like, oh my God, he was Tzulin. He was run, 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 you know? He's from the Taliban. Yeah, Tzulin Taliban, you know? So they put it on really soft. Put it on hard. you your it, it, Make sure it's on your head. Wrap yourself in your tzitzis. Keep your talus on. Don't pull your tzitzis off right away. Just show Kush Barkle that you love what he's giving you. This was their mistake. What did this lead to? This led to this week's Pasha. It led to Pasha Shlach Lecha. Now Pasha Shlachlicha, I know you guys, are, I'm doing a lot of text tonight. I'm not doing, I'm not doing a lot of stories yet. No, it's called Shlachlicha. Do not correct me unless you know what you're doing. It's called Pasha Shlachlicha. It's written in Yachum as Shlach, but it's called Pasha Shlachlicha. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Check it out, check it out. Okay, I'm sorry for correcting you correcting me. Okay, but anyway, it's called Pasha Shlachlicha. Now Pasha Shlachlicha, Right? We have the story of the Miraglim. Now, so, I want to show you, and and I'm going to leave you with this. And whoever, any of you guys in here, that that I just have to tell you something. shalom. but maybe you have friends. You hurt a girl. Emotionally, you're going to burn so bad. Because there's a posting in the Torah that says, Reheshavashagazal. That you have to return what you stole. And if you can't return what you stole... You can't be forgiven. Any Aver that you do to God, you can be forgiven. Ben adam M'makam. Ben if I take your car, and I blow it up, and I tell you I'm sorry, I'm not forgiven. I have to give you a new car. If I take $20 from you and say, you know, I'm sorry, i got to give you back $20. If I don't give you back the $20, there's only one way for me to get forgiven. I have to ask you, you have to be Michael me. Now, when, you, when you're in when a relationship with a girl, and I'm talking a kosher relationship, you're showing me the gear, everything's fine, you have a kosher relationship, and you're going on dates with her, and you're leading her on, and you know that down the road this is not happening, and you break her heart, you got to return that heart. And you can't return that heart. You can't, because her feelings for you, she has feelings for you. Now, of course, if you break up a relationship... Because it's not working, so you didn't steal anything from her. But if you knew beforehand that you're not going to say, Hari Atma and this is a planned behavior, then you're in big trouble. Because unless you get the khila from that person, you will never get forgiven. And that will affect your marriage and your children and your life. So before you hurt a girl, before you hurt anybody, the person has to be very, very, very careful. And I'm talking emotionally. And if it's the if it's more than emotionally, you got a major problem because you can't return what you stole, and you better get mechila. If you got to find her, if she's married ten years, I don't care where it, where she is, you have to get mechila for that, because it says the heishvashigozal, and there's certain things you can't return. And I'm talking about Jewish girls. Uh, this question has been asked. What about going? To, to the halacha of the gazal is a halacha in in in, in between Jews, of sure misham eva. You're not allowed to steal from a non-Jew either. You're not allowed to. If you steal from a non-Jew, you have to return. I don't know. Guys get this thing in their head, but they can steal from a non-Jew. You can't steal from anybody. Because if you steal from somebody, you become a god. It doesn't matter who you steal from. If you steal from a chicken, you become a god. If you can't steal from anybody. There's, a, there's an amazing story. That's, a, that's just. I don't mean steal from a chicken. Oh, no, i got to return all my eggs in the kitchen. Oh, no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> how am I going to find which chicken, what farm? A bunch of guys on a bus, Jersey farm, they're trying to find. Is that your chicken? Is that your egg? Rebbe right? said i got to return your egg. That's not what I'm giving you. There's a, there's, a, um, there's a story with that, Rizal. An amazing story. Just to show you, to show you how, how Mokved, it's scary. It's, it's really scary. It is very scary. Because I'm going to show you how Mokved God is, how strict God is about feelings. There's a story in the Zohar that the, the Avos Chaim. It's not this week's power The So Chaim brings down the story where Elia Navi came to a house dressed up as a poor person, and they were very poor, Taka, and they had no children. And Elia Navi said to the, they took care of him, they gave him to eat and a place to sleep and everything. And then before Elia Navi left, he said, "You know, you people, you didn't have anything, and you gave me everything. I want to give you a bracha. What do you?" Do? They, didn't tell you, no, they thought he was just a poor person. What do you people want? So they said, we want a child. We want a child. We have no children. And you Novi know, said, okay, let me, let me look into it. He went outside to the back. And he went to the chicken coop. There were poor people. They had a farm. They had a chicken coop. He went to the chicken coop. He looked at the chicken coop. He came running back into it. He says, you want to have a child? Take the ladder. You had a ladder. You used to have a ladder from the chicken coop, to the ground. And the babies, the little babies, used to hop down the ladder. It's brought down that washeim. Used to hop down the ladder to run in the garden. But they were running all over the place and making all over the place. So the woman, many years before that, decided, what do I need that for? She took the ladder, and she took it away. When the babies get big enough in the coop, right, that they can hop off the coop, they'll hop off the coop when their chickens are ready. Now, as babies, they couldn't. They would die if they jumped off. So yod told them that Hashem said that since you caused these babies pain because they were in a chicken coop, they were cooped up in the chicken coop, they couldn't hop around like normal chicken babies do. So the mida me mida is you made these babies suffer. you're not getting a baby. He says, put the ladder back, you'll we'll see you in a year from now you'll have a baby. Ha'viz Chaim said, she they put the ladder back and nine months later they had a baby. So if Hashem is so mocked that a little baby chicken because he couldn't go down the ladder and be in the garden. These people didn't have children. Do you know how mocked is when you hurt another person? We're talking about chickens. Guys, do you know how mocked he is when you hurt another person? Do you know how a hundred million times mocked is when you hurt one of his daughters? When you hurt one of his daughters? Do you know how mocked he is in, in, in how you say no and how you say this is not going to work? And how you call back and when you call back and you know she's sittering and every minute she's wondering if you're going to say yes and if you're not going to say yes. And he's going, he's playing basketball one day and she's sitting there and they're waiting for him to call the shotgun and the shotgun's trying to call him. He's got time. Let her wait. I'll tell her yes or no when I'm ready. When she's sitting by that. So if that happens to a chicken and the punishment is not to have children, chastisheul when you do this to somebody else. Person has to be so sensitive to other people's feelings but the boys in this room the age of the guys in this room the reason i'm picking on that of course your parents have to treat right is that i, I think that i need to give a class in dating because i talk to the other side and and guys don't treat girls right they just don't they, they they treat them like chickens like like this one's no good that one's no good this one's no good but even to tell a girl no has to be in in, in, in a Derek with Derek eretz it's to be with Derek Harris. And if and if you talk to take someone out and you'll know right away, uh-uh, right? But it's another person. So a guy just told me, he says, he says, Rebbe, I took her around the block. I spent a half an hour, I got gas and this, and I dropped her off. I said, You I said, you took her out for a you took her out for a half an hour? He said, Rebbe, she got into the car. Hello? It wasn't like a decision. It was like, absolutely not. I said, Hold on a second. I said, let me tell you something. This is what I told this guy. I have daughters. I have daughters. Let me tell you something, mister. I said you prepare for a date, you shave, you put on your suit, you put on your shoes, it takes you all of twelve minutes. If it takes you that long, if you shaved, if you're nice enough, you know, to, to care about how you look. Twelve minutes. You know how long it takes for a girl to get ready for a date? Four hours. Five hours six hours. Her hair is no good. This curl is no good. This curl... She puts on this pair of shoes. No, that doesn't look good. I'm going to try on this shoes. Ma, how do I look in this? It's a whole process. So here she is. She spent four or five hours. Her hope is up that she's finally not going to have to date anymore. She's going to meet this guy. You get in your car and you have the chutzpah and the audacity to spend a half an hour with this person? So he says, but, 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 but I knew she wasn't going to... You, know, you said that if you know... Her. I said, let me ask you something. I looked at him and I said, let me ask something. This is a million-dollar deal. You would have dropped off the buyer in a half an hour. This is a million-dollar deal. You would never drop off the buyer in a half an hour. Even, no matter what, you'd take him out to eat, and you would talk to him. And and even if you thought in the middle that the deal's not going to happen, but maybe down the road, maybe, 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 maybe he'll be a buyer in a different store. You will take him out to eat, and you'll smooth about the news, and who should we elect? I said, two hours, three hours. Talk to her about Obama, Subaba, whatever you want to talk about. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Who's going to be, who's not going to be the stock market. Talk about flowers, talk about butterflies. I don't care. Take her to a hockey game. At least you watch the hockey game. or have to look at her, right? But at least get there for three hours, four hours. What does this girl feel like? Does anyone in this room understand what she feels like after the whole makeup and the whole hair and the whole shoes and the whole dress? And, he, and, and she walks into her house, boucher. Where her parents are sitting there, where her family's sitting there, and she's back in a half an hour. It's <laughs> funny. That's funny. You should be crying. Whoever's laughing, Mama, she didn't get my share. You have to come listen to the share again. Whoever's laughing, it should happen to you. Maybe you won't be laughing. Not Chatz for Shalom. I didn't say Chatz for Shalom. If you can laugh about something like that, it should happen to you. Then you won't laugh. You'll be prepared, and you think that when you say, will you marry me? And she'll say, no, then we'll see how you laugh. That won't be so funny. When you prepare a whole thing in the sand at the beach with your friends, with the whole surprise, and she says, you? No way. Then you wouldn't be laughing. Believe me, you wouldn't be laughing. Well, that's what she feels like if you take her around for a half an hour. That's what she feels like. That's what she feels like. So did you think about that? Did you think when she walks in the door and her parents are sitting, look at my daughter, to the guy wouldn't even give her more than a half an hour. And her sisters are looking at her. Oh man, look at my sister, such a loser. Yeah, that's funny. That's not funny. How are you going to, how are you going to come up to the next world? You're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked. You're going to say, I didn't hurt her. I didn't mean to. It's too late. Human beings are very sensitive. So you very careful with a girl very sensitive Bria it's not a guy yeah we bounce we bounce much faster it's, it's a big thing to go out on a date it's, it's it's excitement it's it's belief especially on the first one that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm over with this with this terrible suffering of going out and going out maybe the guy at the door is gonna like me maybe I finally found my match so even if it's not don't lead her on that it is but at least treat her like a person treat her like a human being look what a chicken with a little chicken because he didn't have a ladder to jump off. Look at the punishment that he got. They got that they didn't have children for so long. It's not a joke. We have to be very, very sensitive to other people. Anyway, going back to where I was going. So, listen to this week's passion and you'll understand what I said before, right? How it happens. Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Hashem and says to Hashem that the Jews want to send spies to Israel. Why? Why? Only good intentions, because they want to make war plans. They want to see the land. They want to appreciate what they're going into. Hashem says right away, baloney, bluff, shlach It's all about you. Don't come to me, Klal Yisrael, with your stories that you need spies because you want the army and the fastest way to get in. Hashem said, let's put, let's call a spade a spade, shlach l'cha. It's not from me. I'm God. I'm telling you, you got nothing to worry about. You're telling you want to go in? Let's talk about where it's really at. You don't want to go in. And there's many reasons that the the Nesim came back and said Lashon Hara. One was that at that time, the Nesim were the richest. In Israel, they would be just another person. Another one is that a real frum Cheshbon, and the frum Cheshbon was, so to say, that in the Midbar, they didn't have to work, they didn't have to clean, they didn't have to plant. They were able to learn all day, We're going to go to Eretz We're going to become farmers. We're going to have to grow things. We're going to have to build things. We're not going to be able to steig. Hashem said, Baloney! Shlach Lecha. You're doing it for you. And you, see him, you want your money. You don't want to give up your positions. Each one of the president. In Eretz Yisroel, is going to be a melech. Let's call a spade of spade. Shlach Lecha. Well, Shabana, I'm telling you right now, said Hashem, they're doing it for themselves. So number one, number one, Pitfall for Jewish people is saying that they're doing it for God. I'm doing it to help Hashem. So I'm talking to girls, and I'm uh, I'm their mentor, and I'm gonna I'm their mental health helper. L'cha. this ain't about God. Let's separate who it's really for. And if you're able to separate that it's for you, then it's wrong. Then you won't do it. So that's what I Baruch, Hu, First of all, that's the first thing that I Baruch Hu said. Then. When they came back, interesting, right? They came back and they knew, this is my day, back to my dating. They knew that they're going to talk Lush and on Israel and they're going to stop the Jews coming into So what did they do? They didn't come back and say, listen, Israel is terrible. We're not going. That wouldn't have worked. No, they're hunters. They were hunters. They were suckering. They were suckering the Jews. What did they say? They came back and they said the following. This was their report. They came after 40 days. So first of all, they were big tzaddikim. Big tzaddikim, right? They came walking in because that's how the hunter gets his prey. How do you get the deer? I remember I once saw a deer get it in the woods when I was a young kid up in the Catskills. They put, the hunter puts a big thing of grass in the middle of the woods. And he sits up, I saw it, a ladder. He sits up on a piece of wood, a platform. And whenever the poor deer comes to eat the grass, he blows his head off. I know a couple of guys like that. They set the girl up. guns fine, the hunter. And this is what they did. They came back. They said, oh, look at the fruit. Amazing fruit. Then he come back and say, we can't go. And they said, And they said, this is the sucker, and this is the It's of Horror Boys, how he comes to us. And they, they only said beautiful things. So, let me hear. You open your ear. The girl wants to talk to you. She wants to tell you about how bad her marriage is. She wants to talk to you and uh, ask you questions about the sheer. She wants to talk to you. So she doesn't open up and say, I want to have an affair with you. That's not how adultery happens. It starts with, you know, you look like the kind of guy I could talk to at work. You know, you, you're a sensitive person. I love that line. That's a girl's line, not a guy's line. You're a sensitive person. You're someone who will understand me. Most men wouldn't understand me. And you're like, wow, nobody ever said that about me before. My wife never said that. My mother never said that. Really, I'm a sensitive person. He's like, okay, I'm here for you. What do you what, what do you need? Right? And you start listening and you start helping, and you're saying I'm doing mitzvahs and I'm a big tzaddik. But really, you're just falling, you're falling into the pitfall. Because what did they say? But Gam. Zabas The Everyone thinks the Moroccan came back and they badmouthed Israel. Oh! They're hunting. They're reeling. They're getting people to listen. If they would have said right away, it's no good, people would said, yeah, it's no good because you want to be Nazi. You want to be president. That's why you're talking like that. They came back and they gave a great report. We came to the land that you sent us, the Gam and Zabas He, It's true what Hashem said. It's flowing with milk and honey. The Look at these crazy grapes. And these pomegranates. And these dates. And these figs. Then they said the big word. The big word that my parents always heard about me. It's in the Chumash. And I don't know why they always got annoyed when they heard that word. Because it's in the Chumash. My teachers always said, Wallerstein, nice kid. Has a great imagination. Very personable. A lot of friends. What? And I knew. The minute they said the word but... I'm finished. Then they just took me apart. He doesn't listen. He's failing. He pulled the fire alarm. He did. He that. He that. We don't want him back next year. Now butt comes in there, you're done. They did the same thing. Beautiful eras comes a word. It's beautiful. Milk and flowing honey. But we gotta tell you a little bit more. So now they already had the Jews listening. She already has you listening. she's telling you what a nice guy, special guy, different guy. You understand, you know, the story I spoke last year about the two couples that went out every month of Shabbos and what ended up happening. Because two couples are not allowed to go out every month of Shabbos. Because one wife was looking at the other husband and she was saying, oh my goodness, my husband's not like him. Because once you start comparing, right, it's comparison shopping. It's a whole different world. So every night they would go out and he would be so much nicer to his wife. And she was sitting there thinking, my husband's not this nice. So she started talking to him outside of Matsushamas. Like, you know, I see you're very understanding. And maybe you could talk to my husband. And it ended up in a terrible adulterous affair, where both couples had to get divorced with kids. And it all started with two couples continuously going out. And one wife said, like, this guy's great. And my husband's miserable. So we got to hook up. And that was the end. That was the end of, end of, of two families. And all those families after. It's not a joke. So it always starts with beautiful, great compliments. Then comes the but. F.S. But. Kiazama Atama Yeah, there's some giants over there. And the cities are huge. And our Amalek is there. And now they started bad-mouthing Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Still the Jews didn't fall for it. They were still holding strong. But then came the famous passage, which I talk about every 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 year, and they said the following: They called themselves. We can't go. It's stronger. We saw these giants. And we were in our eyes like grasshoppers. And in their eyes, we were like grasshoppers. Now, says Rashi. Says Rashi. We were like grasshoppers. Says Rashi, how do they know they were grasshoppers? Right? How do they know? How do you know what you look like in the giant's eyes? They didn't tell you. So Rashi says, Shamanu, we heard. Iram there, one giant was telling the other. Namalim there are there are ants in the bushes, like people. So when they heard the giant say that, for one second, you heard. They said that you were ants. So if Rashi's saying that they heard that, they, that the giant said they were ants, why are they calling themselves grasshoppers? They should have said, We are ants in our eyes, and we are ants in their eyes. So the answer is that a person, what you think of yourself, is what you project to others. And therefore, the public is very careful to say it the opposite way. <laughs> We felt like grasshoppers. So if we felt like grasshoppers, that's what we look like in their eyes. Not, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes, therefore we felt like grasshoppers. A person what you feel like, guys, what you feel like, if you feel you're able to do something, you project you're able to do something. If you have a low self-esteem of yourself, then other people are going to look at you and have a low opinion of you. So probably one of the greatest lines in psychology is in Chumash. Is that a person, what you think of yourself, we think we're Chagavim, therefore, we know they think we're Chagavim. And that was the end of Klai Yisrael. At that point, when they said that, that's when they started to scream and panic and cry, and they cried that night, and Hashem said, you will cry every single of night because you cried that night. So let me ask you something why didn't they cry when they said there were giants, they're going to wipe us out? Why did they cry when they said this? Why did they cry when they said this? So I'm going to end with this story. I'm sorry that it's so late. I went a little bit off. I'm going to end with this story like this. It's brought down from Rav C. Kamenevsky and he says like this. He said there was a story where, I don't know if you're in... In Europe, they had these trains, and they had like a first-class coach, and then in the back, they had like cattle coach where guys... Used to jump on without without tickets and and hide in the hay. They used to have it in the westerns, you know, Warsaw used to do it in the west, whatever. So this guy buys his nephew a first class ticket to go to Warsaw. And he has his ticket. And he's waiting. And he sees a bunch of guys climbing in this this horse, you know, the horse part of the train where all the hay is. He doesn't know nothing. They went on a train before in his life. So he follows them. And he's got this first class ticket in his hand. And he goes into the, into the hay. And, and he hides. Okay, the conductor knows this trick all the time. So they're already running, the train's running. All of a sudden the conductor comes into the hay, to the place with the hay. And they start sticking like knives into the haystacks. And all the guys start coming out. And like, you got a ticket, no, pushes them off the train. You got a ticket, no, push them off the train. You got a ticket, no, push them off the train. Comes up this guy, you have a ticket? He goes, yeah, I have a ticket. And he shows it to the conductor. And the conductor says, what, are you stupid? What, are you illiterate? You have a first-class ticket. You're supposed to be sitting in the front dining car, eating, eating steak on China with a berth to sleep. What are you doing in this car? He says, uh, I don't know where a first-class ticket is. I don't know. what I had a ticket. I saw all these people in the car. I also went into the car. Shalom Aleichem, boys. So what is Rabbi Wallstein about to tell you? This is all of us. This is... Running away from Hasinai. This is wanting watermelon. This is talking Washanhara Hara on Eretz Yisrael. This is all of us. God gave every guy in this room a first class ticket. There's not one guy in this room that's not holding a first class ticket in this world. Every boy in this room has an ashama. He gave you first class ticket. What happens? You see everybody running into the hay. Oh, they're going to the movie theater. I'm going to the movies. They're going to the ball game. I'm going to the ball game. I'm going here. I'm going to the club. I'm going here. I'm going there. Everything that's important to the Goyim became important to us. So we're sitting with a Shabbos and a Torah and a Tfilin and a Shachris. And we're holding it in our hands. It's a ticket. But we don't even know what we have. So we're busy in the hay. And after 120 years, Mashiach doesn't come, every Neshama in this room He's going to come up to Shemayim. And they're going to say, Lou, what would you do with your ticket? We gave you a first class ticket to the world. Why were you sitting in the dirt? Why were you sitting in the hay with all the vagrants that are getting thrown off the train? And you're going to say, Oh, I had a ticket? I didn't know. And you missed the whole ride. You sat in the whole ride of this world sitting nebuch, with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the dirt farmers that are sitting in the hay when you're holding a first-class ticket. And therefore, part of the reason that we don't have a karsatov for what Shabbos is, Rabbi Gamliel learns a whole, my Rebbe learns a whole Shabbos. He showed me in a sefer that every word you learn on Shabbos times a thousand. So he said, I shouldn't learn on Shabbos. Every word you learn on Shabbos times a thousand. It's the holiest time to learn. So, of course, the 8th says, what are you talking about? Learn? Read your books. Read your magazines. Read your nerd Post, Get yourself drunk. Sleep. Do the donut. 12 hours. Yeah, I work a whole week so I can sleep on Shabbos. That's why Hashem gave you a present to sleep on Shabbos. So, if we, if we realize that we have a first-class ticket, boys, and we realize that Tfila and Davini and all the mitzvahs that he gave us, each one is a first-class ticket. So, then you'll appreciate what you have. If you appreciate what you have, Hashem will give you more. So to wrap it up, be careful, be careful with other people's feelings. And use your ticket. Enjoy your Shabbos, and you're so lucky to have a Shabbos. There are so many people out there that don't even know what Shabbos is. It's such a beautiful thing to have a Shabbos, and to have a Yantav and to have a Pirate So you know in the in concentration camps, they didn't have a Pirate There were thousands of Jews who never could put on Tzulim, and they would, they would sell their life. Put on a period of You have a period of it's nothing, it's possible You go to the cipher, you have your paint and your little thing. This just didn't exist. We, you can go buy a you have ciphering, you, you have stores. It's easy, so put on your filling and keep your Shabbos and in and the way you're supposed to. And if you do that and you show our Baruch Hu your appreciation, then in turn, He will give us more Shabbosim and He'll give us the Shabbos Shabbosim, which is the Shabbos of Mashiach that we all should see from Herabi and man or Be careful how you treat. Girls that you date and be careful how you treat your daughters and your wife. These are the daughters of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And if you abuse them, there's a huge price to pay. Listen to Rabbi Wallerstein. I'm telling you something. I don't want to get into it. Just listen to me carefully. There's a huge price to pay. It's not worth it. They are Hashem's princesses. and you're his, Don't get me wrong. You're His princes. And they get the same speech. Don't hurt a guy's feelings either. And if you hurt somebody's feeling, tonight get on the phone or tomorrow, find her. Find her and ask forgiveness. And that's it. Don't start getting into a whole emotional thing. Because then you'll start getting into bigger problems. Just, I, I went to a shir, I hurt you, I'm asking mechila like I stole something from you, don't, I can't give it back to you, your feelings, I can't give back to you, your feelings. I don't want it. I'm not giving it you back to you, I'm just asking you to be mechumi. Mm-hmm. Get that mechila. Find her. Get that mechila. Then in the next world you'll be in a much higher place.